This is KMTT, and today is Thursday. Rav Moshe Lichnestein will be speaking about the uh, structure of the Tefillot of Shabbat. Last week we began to discuss Kabbalat Shabbat. As we mentioned then, the roots of the meaning of Kabbalat Shabbat appear in the Gemara already, in Masechet Shabbat, the Kuf Yutet, Rabbi Chanina mi'etev v'kai apanya d'male shabbata. Rabbi Chanina would cloak himself in a hat, wearing dignified clothing, in anticipation of Shabbat. Amar bo'u v'neitzei likrat Shabbat ha'malka. Let us go out and meet Shabbat the Queen in other versions the king, Shabbat HaMelech, in the Rambam. Rabbi Yanai, Lavishmane Mali Shabbat, he put on Shabbos clothing. Amar, Boikala, Boikala. And he would say not Shabbat HaMalka, but he would talk about Boikala, Boikala. To go and greet the bridesmaid of Shabbat. Two different perspectives are revealed over here. The first perspective is that of the glory and power of the Melech, of the Kodesh Baruch as the king of the world, creator of the universe, the other as the Kala. Last week, we looked in detail at the first six Mizmarim from L'chun Urania through Mizmarim David. These, as we explained last week, reflect the concept of Shabbat HaMelech creation, the creator, and as we go out to meet the king at the conclusion of creation, we glorify his handiwork. Shabbat HaMalka, Shabbat HaMelech. Now, Kabbat Shabbat moves on to the concept of Kala. Before doing so, we have a brief passage, Ana Vechoach, Gdulat Minchat, Atit, etc., the Kubalim saw this as reflecting shame of Membes Osios. The divine name comprised of 42 letters. It is actually seven stanzas of six words each. Seven times six, 42. And they saw this as an expression of the name of 42 Otiyot. To explain briefly, various shemot, various names of Kadesh Baruch Hu appear in our tradition. We have the Shem Furash, the four letters. We have mention of 42 and 72. In a nutshell, without overstepping my boundaries, it's as follows. Shem Yudke Vavke, Shem Havaya, the four-letter tetragrammaton, talks about God's being, Havaya, to be, while the other longer ones somehow address or reflect Kashbrach is working in history. Rashi Masechet Sukkot explains that the Shem of 72 otiyot, 72 letters, is based upon the psukim of Kriyas Yamsuf. 
It means God's intervention in the world, His intervention in history, His involvement with our lives. Put it differently, it's a narrative. It's not four letters, it's a long, drawn-out narrative related in Pesukim, which tell a story. And the Membet Otiyot is apparently similar. It too talks about involvement, because we're in the world, it's not his essence, which is above the world, above space, above time, but it's actually his involvement in the world. It begins, this particular passage, with a request for Geulav Am Yisrael, Ana v'choach g'dulati mincha, that your greatness and your mind and power will be, will re, will release Tzrura. Tzrura means Am Yisrael, who is in a state of a widow. Kabel binat amcha, listen to the tefillot, protect them, preserve them, have mercy upon them, and go out and meet them. Yechid ge'el amcha p'nei, go, meet Am Yisrael, Shravatenu Kabel, listen to our screams, our cries, Ushmatzakateinu. Basically, it addresses God's providence of Am Yisrael, His willingness to address their needs, and the request they watch over them within history. This concludes the idea of Shvat HaMelech, and it, end, it ends this passage on the Vichkoach with the statement or the formula, Baruch Shem Kivod Malchuto Leolam Vaed. Baruch Shem Kivod Malchuto Leolam Vaed, we recite, whenever we mention God's name in the context of Devar Shabikdusha, in the context of sanctifying Him in public, in the context of glorifying Him within Tefillah, within Shul, we said in Kriyat Shema, in the Beit HaMikdash, it was said when God's name was recited, was mentioned, the idea of Ana V'choach, of, excuse me, of Bruch Shem Kvomachutol Elam Va'ed, when I mentioned, when I mentioned God's name, praise it, Chazal Dash of Vis Psukim, Kishem Hashem Ekra, Havugod Elokeinu, whenever I mention God's name, praise and glorify it, and as such, Baruch Shem Kumachutol Elam Va'ed, after mentioning the name of Fortiot, is a concluding sentence of praise in recognition of his name. Aside from explaining its purpose here, this also has one practical ramification. There's a famous minog which we practice day in, day out, not to mention or not to recite actually. Baruch Shein Kvamachutolam Ved out loud in public with the exclusion of Yom Kippur. On Yom Kippur, we say it out loud as part of a public recitation. In um, the rest of the year, we purposely whisper it and do not pronounce it out loud. It's based upon the Midrash that Baruch Shein Kvamachutolam Ved is unique to the angels and we cannot use it except in Yom Kippur when we are as angels. And therefore, in the context of reciting it after mentioning God's name, it should always be whispered and not mentioned out loud in public. The reason I emphasize this is recent minhagim of singing Anavichoach often are oblivious to this and everyone 
quite merrily sings also out loud, which is in opposition to the minhag, which are quite careful and scrupulous to constantly observe in Kretschma. After the transition from Anavichoach, we come to the Chadodi. Here actually begins the idea of Boikala, Boikala, no longer Shabbat Malka, no longer the king who created the world, but the Kala, the meeting of the Kaddish Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael, the meeting of Shabbat and Am Yisrael, the, the intimacy of the Chadodi, of a Chatan and the Kala. Chatan Kala actually, on the one hand, do not have intimacy. They celebrate in public. Hundreds come to the wedding. Many attend the festival. On the other hand, of course, after the wedding is over, Chatan Kala remain together alone in intimacy. Shabbat too has both elements. On the one hand, we go to Shul, we gather together, we sort of proclaim Shabbat to the world at large. On the other hand, of course, there's the intimacy of Am Yisrael remaining alone with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, of Am Yisrael and the Kaddish Baruch Hu being together through the medium of Shabbat. Let us now analyze the Chadodi a bit. I think the most important thing to say about the Chadodi more than anything else is the beauty of the language, the simplicity, vocabulary which is easy to understand, which flows smoothly, it's not convoluted, it's not complicated, it's not esoteric, it's very much reflective of the style of Tanakh. More than almost any other tefillah written later on, the Chadogi is able to evoke the biblical style because of the simplicity of the language. Likrat, Shabbat, Lechu, Venelcha, Lichad, Likrat, Kala. It's plain and simple Hebrew. It doesn't require knowledge of a huge vocabulary or grammar. It simply flows. The simplest and best, the best medium to express love, to express a sense of being together, is through simple, plain words, not through sophistication or uh, tremendous knowledge. And Chadogi does this beautifully. More than anything else, we flow along with it, with the melody, with the rhythm. I mention this because it's important per se to point out its beauty, how it captures us from childhood onwards. Also, there have been those in academia who have tried to uh, look like esoteric, Kabbalistic messages here. It's beyond me to judge whether or not embedded in Chadodi are such messages the point, though, is that it is beside the point. The Chadodi is so crucial for us, not because of any codes or numerology which may or may not exist. It is for us the beauty of the language. The person going to show does not view us an esoteric text, rather as a plain and simple declaration of love in the simplest and plainest language, which is the most direct and therefore the strongest. Let's now look at the structure. Chadodi basically has two themes. First theme is Shabbat, 
Likrat Shabbat, Nechuvin Elcha, let's go greet the Shabbat. Ki Mekar Bracha, it's the source of our blessing. Shabbat is the Kala, which we're out to meet. Of course, the end. Boy Bishalom Atered Ba'ala, Boy Kala, Boy Kala, Boy Shabbat Amalka. One theme is that, of course, of Shabbat. Parallels between the Kala and Shabbat. The second theme is Geula. This can be seen starting from the Mem. Mikdash Melech Ir Melucha Kumitzimitochafecha The City of Kingdom The Royal Capital Kodesh Baruch City David Melech City should rise from the ashes, should be rebuilt, should be retained its former glory, should be stored to its prestige. Through Mashiach, Ben Yishai, bring about the Geula to that which is near and dear to me, meaning Yerushalayim. Kvod Hashemach Nigla, once more, the Pesukim from Yishayah, which talk about Geula. And, V'nivneta ir al-tila, the city should be rebuilt and restored to its original glory. First, we have here two themes. One of Shabbat, one of Geula. Why are they connected? What is the connection between them? Why do Shoah Kavetz decide to combine these two themes? On one level, the answer is quite simple. Kedushat Hazman u Kedushat Hamakom. Sanctity of time, which is Shabbat. The Mikdash in time. The holy time is encapsulated in Shabbat. And Kedushat Hamakom. The same idea, not in Time but in space, meaning Yushalayim, same way Shabbat is given the rest of the week, the space, the, the place of Yushalayim is given in the rest of the world, the idea of uniqueness, of separation between Kodesh and Chol, exists in Shabbat, exists in Mikdash, and the theme of Kedushat Hazman Vamakom, that Kedusha and Yahadus is both, <clears throat> relates both to place and also to time, is a basic theme, and then we decided to <clears throat> combine the two. Secondly, we look at uh, the concluding stanza which talks about Yushalayim, Yasi Salaych Elokaych Kimsos Chatan <coughs> Alkala. Not only is Shabbat compared to a Kala, not only is Amisran Shabbat Shabbat Hamalka, excuse me, Shabbat Hakala, but also the Geula. Yeshayahu talks about Yasis Alaych Elokaych Kimsos Chatan Alkala, because Rachel rejoiced of Amisran the Geula as the Chasan to a Kala. Shao talks in another pasuk, 
Yishayahu talks about, uses the imagery of the Chatan Kala in his prophecies about the Geula. So too, does the Roshua Kavetz decide to combine them? The Kedusha of Zman, the rendezvous with God in time is a Chatan Kala, as is within the historical process of the Geula. To put it differently, in Shabbat, we meet the Kaddish Baruch Hu as our Kal, uh, we meet the Baruch Hu in the relationship of Chatan Kala through the medium of nature, creation, the six days and the unique seventh day, and in the Geula, through the medium of history, Galut, and the restoration and the return through Geula. Thus, we have here both Kedushat, Hazman, which is in rooted, in, which is rooted in the concept of nature. We have Bishat Hamakom, which is really the concept of history, and the two combine here to give us a dual expression of the Chatan Kala relationship. If we look further at the Chadodi, we'll notice that the division is as follows. The middle is devoted to Geula, to Yushalayim, while the beginning and the end relate more to Shabbat. Specifically, the first two stanzas relate to Shabbat, of course. Shemor v'zachor b'dibur echad, Likrat Shabbat l'chu v'nelcha, the concluding stanza as well, Boy b'shom atered ba'ala, and not 100% clear, but the one before us will. Yemina Smolti Frozi, though that one is not clear, as it mentions also Ben Pertzi. The middle ones, namely, Migdash Melechir Melucha, Hitzenari Meafar Kumi, Hitori Tori Kiva Orech, Kumi Ori, all of these, of course, Working up Sukkim Yishayahu, which talk about the Geula, and Lo Tevosh Lo Tikalniv Vitayel Tila, as well as Limshisa Shosayich. These five stanzas talk about the Geula. This is thus we have essentially A B A, if you want. The beginning and the end relate to Shabbat. In the middle is Mikdash. It's interesting per se, but also in light of a very common minhag, is even more so. The minhag in Nusach Svarad is in Yom Tov to say partial Chadodi, name of the first two and the last two. Shemar v'zachar ikrat Shabbat. Yaminu small and boy b'shalom. If we now look at the division of Chadodi, what we we'll notice is very simple. On Yom Tov we say the, the beginning and the end because they relate to Shabbat. We skip the middle part that relates to history. It's not arbitrary. 
an arbitrary decision to cut out a few and to rush to get home in time for the Yom Tov meal. But rather, we isolate the theme of Shabbat and remove the historical element from it. Why? Working off the methodological assumption at the moment that we can search or give meaning, actually, to Minhagim, independent of maybe the stark evolution, but to ask ourselves what is the meaning and significance of our contemporary Minhag, it would seem to be simple. Yom Tov, we celebrate history. The idea of Yom Tov is to celebrate historical events in the past. Therefore, we do not want to talk about Galut and to pray to meet the Kaddish Baruch Hu at some future point in history as a Kalah. We are celebrating how he met us in the past as a Kalah. We don't want to blur the achievements of the past with the troubles of the, of the present and the hopes of the future. We therefore omit the part of history which talks, of the Chadodi, which talks about me'afar kumi, how we're down in the dirt and the dust and the ashes. Rather, we simply talk about Shabbat, in which that distressing element doesn't uh, appear or bother us. Additionally, Shabbat, of course, is the focal part the more central the two elements for Kabbalah Shabbat, and therefore we do not want to miss out on the part pertaining to Shabbat. So therefore the part pertaining to Shabbat does not interfere with the idea of the Yontu we're celebrating. It is also more central to the Chadod and the Kabbalah Shabbat. Therefore we cite it. On the other hand, the five stanzas in the middle which are the history, they are less crucial for Kabbalah Shabbat, and they seem to cast a pearl over Yom Tov. Therefore, we discard them. This is assuming that the small is part of the Shabbat. And I think this is indeed so, though it is not 100% clear, because if, if you look closely at Vayun Shisosh Shosayich, V'rachaku Komevalayich, Yasis Ha'ech Elokayich, Kimsos Chatan Al-Kala. There's a sense here of conclusion. Of Chatan al-Kala. If the focus of a Chadodi is the idea, the concept of Kala, of the bride, of Boi Kala, Boi Kala. So the historical narrative here of a Chadodi concludes, Kimsos Chatan al-Kala. The same way, the last stanza will conclude the Shabbat theme, with boi kala, boi kala. So when we say, kimsos chatan al kala, that the meeting has been achieved, has been realized, we conclude the word kala, this seems to signify the end of the unit, which deals with history, and now we return to the theme of Shabbat. Therefore, which clearly talks about history, and the battle against evil within history, and concludes with, he's saying, this is the end. We've concluded, we've realized, we've now become a chatan and a kala, and with that we conclude this idea. You mean a small, there seems to be some of a transition. The transition from the historical theme 
to that of Shabbat. So it's not, I address the idea of Shabbat directly, but it enables the poem to return from history back to back to the theme of Shabbat and to conclude with Boy Bishalom, Boy Bishalom, Boy Kala, Boy Kala. Having said this, we can now point out a halachic point which ties into this. To everything we've been saying in the past two sessions. La halacha Shabbos begins when, of course, the community is Mekabel Shabbat. They accept Shabbat and welcome it. In Poskim, normally it's mentioned Mizmo Shema Shabbat. And therefore, the Minak, for instance, that when Avel arrives in Shul and Shabbos, he enters only Mizmo Shema Shabbat because only then has Shabbat begun before it's not, it's not yet Shabbat. The origin of this are sources prior to the time when Kabbalah Shabbat was recited. The idea that Shabbat begins with Mizmoshir appears in Mishonim in the Middle Ages before Kabbalah Shabbat was invented. Presumably, once Kabbalah Shabbat was invented, we should roll back the clock and begin Shabbat from Chunaranina. And nowadays, Kabbalah Shabbat should not be Mizmoshir as it was in the Middle Ages, but should be from the Chunaranina onwards. Because if we've expanded Kabbalat Shabbat, the basic idea is when Kabbalat Shabbat begins, so does Shabbat begin. And then in other should enter Shul Nechul Niranina, and so on and so forth. However, this is not what we do. Our Minhag and Halacha, we still paskin from Yiz Moshir, or the Mishnah mentions from Boy Kala, Boy Kala. The reason is what I mentioned throughout. And the following Mizmorim are not yet Shabbat. They're looking backwards at creation. Lichadodi is walking out to greet. Lichadodi is, I anticipate, I am eagerly awaiting Shabbat. Has not yet come. It comes in the final stanza. Boi kala, boi kala. Finally, Shabbat has arrived. Therefore, Kabbalat Shabbat is like a reception waiting for an important dignitary. You begin the reception before he arrives and the mind says Shabbat does not arrive until we actually go out and say Bo'i b'shalom, Bo'i kala, Bo'i kala. And therefore, even nowadays, we basically assume Shabbat to begin only in the transition from Bo'i kala, Bo'i kala to Mizmoshim Shabbat, and we do not consider Shabbat to have begun from L'chun This concludes the second part of Kabbalat Shabbat. Let's now move on to Mizmoshim Yom Shabbat. Mizmoshim Shabbat, the connection to Shabbos is obvious, the caption states so, therefore it was chosen. What's less clear is Aside from the caption, what does this Mizmor have to do with Shabbat? So, of course, it talks about God's handiwork. Ki simachtani Hashem b'fo'alecha b'masedecha ranein. 
How great are the works that you created? How deep are your thoughts and your design? But then moves on to discuss a theme common to Lim, but sitting out of place in Shabbat, namely the idea of fighting evil, war with Rishaim, and so on. It concludes with Shitulim Veit Hashem Michatzot Elokeinu Yafrichu. Thus, we can make the following observations about Mizmoshim Shabbat. First, from one perspective, we can go back and view Kabbat Shabbat along the model familiar to us from Shmonesri. The famous formulation of the Rambam, Shmonesri is Gimel Vishonot Shevach. The first three are praise of the Kadosh Baruch Hu. The middle brachot requests, bakasha. The concluding brachot, the final section, hoda'a, thanksgiving. Here too, we have a similar thing. Assuming we accept the Ashkenazi minag that we spoke about last week, namely that Kabbalat Shabbat in the first six weeks of Morim reflects praise, glory, shevach, and not hoda'a, and not thanksgiving, because we conclude with Mizmah David, and not with Mizmah Todah. So we have the first six, which praise God. We have the middle, which is not a request, but it's the Chadodi. Because the basic idea is, the middle part of Shemana Esrei is the meeting. The request is not important per se, or it's not the focal point of Shemana Esrei, but it's rather, it's the meeting. You praise and then approach to make a request, because of the connection, it's the meeting of men and God, the same way a child makes requests of his parents because he's close to them and through the process of requesting and receiving the parent-child relationship is expressed, so too the Kadosh Baruch Hu. After the meeting, which of course in Shabbat is replaced by the Chadodi and Boi Kala, Boi Kala, a meeting without a request, we now conclude with thanksgiving, Tov Lehodot Hashem, Lezamer Lashimcha Elyon. Simply put, the first part of Kavachvat prior to the Chadodi talks about praising God for the creation. The concluding part talks about thanking Him. Tov Point number one. Point number two, we have here what we saw before, and therefore in a nutshell we have in this, in this psalm what we saw in the previous six. Not only Marabu Maasecha, how great it works, and the idea of rejoicing at creation, and of course, and all these verbs are familiar to us from the section of the In addition, it also talks about fighting evil, fighting those who deny God, Similar to what we saw in the Prakir Hashemach Yigizu Amim. Here too, Ishbar lo yedaw chsilvin etzot. Additionally, it talks about ending up Shittulim b'veit Hashem b'chatsrot elokeinu yafrichu. Introduces the idea here of Mikdash. Semel Chadodi combines 
the holiness, the sanctity of time and space. So too, this means Moshe Shabbat begins with Yom Shabbat and the sixth and found and the sixth day of, or the seventh day of creation. It concludes with Kedushat Hamakom. As we have here, the transition from, or the connection rather, between place and time, the two different Kiddushot. And the final point, Chazal, talk about Mizmoshim Shabbat as relating to the future. Liyom Shekulo Shabbat time of perfection. The Messianic era, Yom Shekulo Shabbat the idea of Shabbat If we spoke before about looking backwards at creation, Chazal view Mizmoshim Shabbat looking forward as well. Forward to a time in which everything is perfect. Therefore, it talks about fighting with Shaim. The battle with evil is part of attaining perfection. The world is imperfect, there's evil, there is Shaim. Only when they're eradicated, only when evil is eliminated, will the world become perfect, will creation's final goal be achieved. Therefore, there's a connection between Yimot HaMashiach, and Sheshit Meibreshit, and creation. To put differently, a direct line runs between the Shabbat of Sheshit Meibreshit from creation to Yimot HaMashiach, because the final goal of creation will only be realized in Mashiach. And therefore, Mizmosh Shabbat takes us to a time in which the entire world will be Beit Hashem. And, and to a time where Chatzot and Okein will encompass the entire universe. To a time of perfection in the world. And therefore, Mizmosh Shabbat, the Simbe Chazal, as we went to the Shabbat, that's why it was chosen, chosen Beit HaMikdash. As the Shishal Yom, the, the psalm indicative or reflective of Shabbat. And we conclude here with a Mizmor, which talks, begins in Simachtan Hashem Befalecha, but concludes with, or expresses also a yearning for the perfect future. First, we conclude Kabbalah Shabbat with one final, um, one final passage. Depending actually which mean hag, Bameh Madlikin. is recited in Minak Sfarad, this is common in Israel nowadays, between Kabbalah Shabbat and Mayriv, as Shukhan Aruch says, Hasfaradim o Mimoto Kodnfatarvit, Sfaradim say it before Mayriv, Vihuan Nachon, Ashkenazim, at least the older Minak, that which is often common in Chutzlaretz, at least in the public Sidurim, was to have recited it after Mayriv. The reason for this relates to why, where we're trying to achieve by Mehmed Likin. Mehmed Likin is simply a list of the halachot relating to the entry of Shabbat. In Masechet Shabbat, which is more or less chronologically arranged, Mehmed Likin is the, is the chapter of the Mishnah which deals final preparations and entering into Shabbat. Here, um, the Sephardi Minog is quite obvious. You said, remember, before Mayrik, you can still do things. 
these halachot, how to light the candles, how to uh, take your semises, how to make the final preparations. It's simply shopping, so what to do, like to take the light out of the fridge, etc. nowadays. This was the list of what to do and how to do. And therefore, it makes no sense to make a checklist of things to do before Shabbat to read it over after Mayriv. It makes perfect sense to do so before Mayriv. And that was the original, or that's the Sfaradi Minhag, which is common nowadays. The Ashkenazi Minhag did not take this into account. It may be connected to the fact that they often did not, without Makabel Shabbat, they did not enter Shabbat exactly in Shkia anyways, but other times based upon the, the length of day, which was, which varied considerably in Northern Europe. At any rate, remember, leaking this serves one purpose, to artificially lengthen the davening, so those who are davening who come late can have enough time to conclude and will not be left behind in show. But leaking is simply a trick to prolong davening by a little Talmud Torah. As such, it can be done at the end, just as well as in the middle or the beginning. If we view by leaking, that's <coughs> a list of things to do. That's a guideline of the halachot. Obviously, as you said before, as we do nowadays, if it's simply an artificial contraption to prolong the davening, it can be done later on. Interestingly enough, nowadays, when we no longer really light candles with wicks and oil and so on, there really is no need to say it between, before Amariv. It can just as well be said after Amariv as well, because technology has changed. The checklist of the Shabbos clock, on uh, uh, taking out the light from the refrigerator and so on, should certainly be done before Shabbat. But the checklist of Mehmed Likim, Mehmed Likim, Belechesh, Rebbechosn, Rebbechalach, Rebbechat Haidan, seems to me we can once more not be concerned of saying it after Mayriv, if we want, because it is not a practical checklist anyways, and its purpose nowadays is simply to give us an awareness of Shabbat and to prolong the tefillah. And therefore, either minhag should be fine. This will conclude Kabbalah Shabbat. Bli the next session we'll discuss Tfilat Arvit.